Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's word and consider how it applies to our lives. Justin Bieber? Uh, always take these things with a grain of salt, right? Because sometimes we take a celebrity who makes a great testimony and we set him up as Billy Graham, right? Well, he's not. He's on a journey. But don't you love that authenticity where he says very simply, if there's no obedience, there's no faith. If there's no obedience, there's no faith. Here's a guy who has everything, arguably the most popular pop artist in the world, most recognizable. Um, he has it all. He could have anything he wanted, but where did he find himself? He found himself in a very dark place. He knew about Jesus, but his life didn't reflect it. He, he wasn't lined up with who Jesus is. He's doing whatever he wanted to do. And isn't that where we'd all like to be, right? I want Jesus, but I want to do whatever I want to do, right? I, I, want, I want to feel good about Jesus. I want to have that sense that he loves me, that he's going to one day save me, that I'm going to be good, I'm going to be fine, but you know, I, I really just want to do what I want to do. So can I have both? Can I have both worlds? And that's what he was trying to do, and he found out, you know what, that doesn't work. That really doesn't work. It's not authentic. This morning, we continue our year-long emphasis on making Jesus known, making him known. And we begin a series called Removing the Barriers. Removing the Barriers. We've got to understand there are some things in the way between us and God often, and also between us and other people. We've got to remove those barriers so that we can ourselves receive his grace and so that others can receive him as well and be connected to Jesus. Next week, we're going to begin a campaign to raise $75,000 to remove some of the barriers in our building. There's a couple of things that people see even before they get in the sanctuary, our welcome center, our first floor restrooms, that we need to, we need to make them look great. They need to be outstanding. People need to come and say, this is a place I want to be. But spiritually, there's some barriers we need to work on as well. So this morning, we're going to talk about this issue of being authentic. Being authentic. Are we real before God? And we're looking at Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. And we're looking at this idea that we often want to kind of want to fake it. We kind of want to be sort of like Jesus, but not really. And we really kind of want to trade some really good things for some not so good things. So go on this authentic journey with me. Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. And the first question we have to ask is one of my favorites. Why isn't everyone as good as me? Right? Why isn't everyone as holy as me? Have you ever thought that? Why? Why isn't everyone as good as me? And the Pharisees come to ask Jesus that in this passage in Mark 7. 
Jesus has just been wildly successful everywhere, especially just outside of the land of Israel. People are responding to him. They're coming to him. They're, they're just wanting to touch the hem of his garment to be healed. And it's amazing things are, happen, are happening. And then chapter 7, verse 1 happens. The Bible says this. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem. Let me stop there. Pharisees, many of you know this, but Pharisees are the religious elite. They are the highest level of religious people in the country. They're the experts. They're the top shelf. They're actually very, very good people. They, do, they, they obey the law. The Pharisees came down from Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem was headquarters for religiosity. That's where all the religious establishment lived. That's where they worked. That's where they hung out. And they've heard about Jesus. And they've heard that people are following him and they're responding to him. And they say, we got to go down there and check this out and find out why this Jesus didn't first come to us, right? And check us out and make sure that we're on board with what he's doing. He's kind of looks like he might be a little bit of a rebel. So we need to kind of check it out. And maybe we need to put a barrier up or two around Jesus. Verse 2. And they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. Sounds like a lot of washing, doesn't it? And today we feel good about that, right? Because we're thinking coronavirus, right? Hope you all are washing your hands. This is a very good idea. And if you don't want to shake hands or hug anyone today, that's really okay. Um, but this has nothing to do with disease. What this washing had to do with was we want to make sure that we ceremonially wash off the world, right? And so we want to make ourselves as holy looking as we possibly can. So we're going to do some outward things to make us feel holy. And not only that, we're going to impress it or impose it on others as well, right? I want to make it hard for everyone. And this, this comes from the, the early law that had this what the priests were supposed to do before they offered sacrifice. We're supposed to ceremonially wash and, and they did all this, this fancy kind of washing. And they had expanded, and this is important to understand, they had expanded what God had originally given to everyone, and they had made what God's original law was a lot harder to keep. They had established traditions that weren't in the original law. Sound familiar? Church people, we love our tradition, don't we? You know, we, we have to have worship at 11. That's how I feel about it, right? I mean, can you worship outside of 11? I don't think you can. It doesn't really matter, though, does it, right? And a lot of times we want to come and say, well, it's got to be on Sunday. It's got to be at 11. Uh, we've got to wear certain clothing, and I love, I love suits and ties, clothing, dresses, all that's great. But worship isn't dependent upon all that, is it? Well, you've got to worship with certain music and certain songs and certain types of things, and you've got to have uh, three songs, a prayer, and a, you know, we kind of get in these traditions and say, if you don't do this, I don't know if you're doing it right. What did Jesus say? He said, worship in spirit and truth. Yeah. I want to connect my spirit with God, and I want to be confronted with the truth of Jesus Christ, right? We could do that underneath a tree any day of the week. We don't want to impose our worship traditions on people. Rather, we want to worship in spirit and in truth. 
But the Pharisees are coming around Jesus and saying, listen, this is not right what you're doing. You're, you're stepping outside of our traditions that we actually hold as, as really, if you don't keep them, as sin. And watch what they say in verse 5. And the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Jesus, why are they not doing the right thing? Why is that? We're pretty, we're pretty righteous. We're pretty self-righteous. Why are they not doing that? Why are they not as holy as us? I love what the Great Awakening preacher George Whitfield said in his sermon, The Method of Grace. He says, before you can speak peace in your heart, that is, before you can be saved, you must not only be made sick of your original and actual sin, but you must be made sick of your righteousness. Of all your duties and performances, there must be a deep conviction before you can be brought out of your self-righteousness. Get this, it is the last idol taken out of your heart. Feel that for a minute our own sense of goodness, of self-righteousness, that I'm a good person. Don't you hear that all over culture today? I'm a good person. I'm, until you can slay that I'm a good person idea, until you can allow God to take that out of your heart, it's really hard for you to be connected to Jesus Christ. Before we go any further, is there any of that in your life right now? I'm a good person. I'm really good. I've got a lot of good in my life. I, I'm good. See, Jesus, the whole testimony of Jesus is, no, you're not good. That's why I had to come. That's why you need grace. Because you're not good. What feels right, we've got to get rid of our own self-righteousness. Because self-righteousness, self-righteousness always hides sin. Always. Look at the next verse 6. Jesus starts to talk about acting. Chapter 7, verse 6, he says, Jesus said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandments of God and hold to the traditions of men. Here's what he's saying. Listen, you're a hypocrite. Now that word comes from a word that means to act. It describes an actor, and it has the idea that an actor is someone who speaks something they do not believe. Or even worse, speaks something that is contrary to what they actually believe. In other words, they, they present a, a, a front that hides who they really are. Have you ever seen an actor portray something that just seemed out of character? Maybe you've seen the movie The Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks. Um, it just doesn't seem right for Tom Hanks to play a gangster, you know? I mean, it seems to like he should be on an island going, Wilson, you know, or, or he should be with Meg Ryan or something. You know, he should, he's a nice guy, we think. Then he plays a gangster. It just doesn't work. But that's kind of what we're talking about, right? It's acting as someone that you're really not. He's saying you are a, a hypocrite. You're trying to hide who you really are by acting 
so good. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In other words, you've, you've taken away my law and you've replaced it with your traditions and your ideas. You've gotten out of doing something you should do by saying you're doing something really amazing. You leave the commandments of God and you hold the traditions of men. Anytime we do this, anytime we, we try to put up this, this I'm super good front, what we're saying is, my heart is far from you, Lord. Acting means that my heart is far from you, Lord. Let me ask you, where's your heart today? Where is your heart today? Is it aligned with Jesus Christ or is it somewhere else? We just finished up a series on Jonah. We saw that Jonah was kind of openly rebellious, right? God, I don't want to go where you want me to go. I'm going to go to Tarshish. Oh, you're going to make me go to, to Nineveh? Okay, I'll go to Nineveh and I'm going to preach. And when they respond, I'm really not that excited about it. I don't like what you're doing, God. It's this open kind of rebellion against God. Today we talk about this kind of passive-aggressive rebellion against God. We act like we are who he, who he wants us to be. But in reality, we're not there at all. And then he gives them an example. Mark chapter 7, verse 9. He said, you, and he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is giving to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. Now this sounds kind of confusing to us, because what is korban? I never heard of that. I don't know what that is. Here's what they would do. If you're a Pharisee, you might say, hey, listen, I'm going to give everything I own. I'm going to commit it to God, all of my possessions. I'm going to commit it to God. And you make this kind of big statement that I'm, I'm giving everything to God, but I still get to use it while I'm alive. And when I die, it all goes to the house of the Lord. But because I've committed everything to God, I really don't have anything to help my parents with. I've, I've given what I was supposed to do for them to God. So isn't that holy? Isn't that wonderful? In reality, what they've done is they've gotten out of doing this commandment, which is to honor your father and your mother. They have done something that appears to be really super wonderful, but it allows them to get out of doing something they didn't want to do. You ever done that? Maybe it goes like this today. You know, I'm a really hard worker, so I have a right to sleep around, right? Or I'm really good in a lot of my ways, so I have a right to act on these desires that are against God. I, most of my life, I really, or what I love in our culture today is, you know, I really love animals, and I wouldn't, and I think if you, if you disrupt a turtle's nest, that you should go to jail. Oh, but, you know, if you want to kill a baby, that's okay. Right? We trade this really apparently good things. And, and even Christian people will say this, you know what, I really care about babies and I'm pro-life, but I really don't want to help any legitimate refugees. Yeah. See what I'm saying? We love to trade our righteousness to get out of God's righteousness. I love God so much that I just can't love you because I'm afraid you might defile me if I get, what? Oh, it's so true. 
in our culture today. Jesus is saying, when you trade your righteousness for mine, your, what you think is righteous and you walk away from mine, your heart is far from me. And as Justin Bieber said, you're in a very, very dark place. You're in a dark place today. You see, Christianity, following Jesus, does not work without obedience. So again, Christianity, following Jesus, does not work without obedience. There is no closeness to Jesus. There is no sense of his presence in your life. There is no sense of power in in your life when you say to Jesus, I just really don't like some of the things you want me to do. I just really can't embrace some of your ways, Jesus. It just doesn't work. Because here's what happens. We cut ourselves off from his grace. When I say that, Jesus, your ways don't work for me, what I'm saying is, Jesus, I didn't really need for you to die for me there. I didn't really need for you to do that for me. And you're saying, I didn't, I don't need your grace. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to continue to dishonor you, so I would really put you back on the cross today. See, sin is a very serious thing. It's not super holy to say, you know, I think sin is wrong. Because sin separates us from the grace of Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't want any of us to feel that. I don't want anybody to miss on the grace of Jesus Christ. See, we need to move from acting into authenticity. We need to move from acting into authenticity. We need to quit acting like we're holy and covering what's not holy. And we need to say, Jesus, I'm not good. I'm not good. Would you forgive me, Lord? Would you cleanse me up? This is not a good church. This is a repentant church. Amen? It's not a good church. It's a repentant church. That's the life that we need to live. God, it's not that I'm perfect. It's that I'm counting on you constantly, Jesus, to forgive me. See, the only way for us to remove the barriers between us and Jesus is to embrace all of his ways, all of his word. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night, who delights in it. God, I I want your word. I'm not holding myself up as perfect, but I'm holding myself as someone who delights in you. I want you in my life. I don't want to make excuses for why I can't do this or that. just a few minutes the opportunity to receive the Lord's Supper to receive the cup and the bread and in doing so we're saying this body was broken for me this blood was spilled for me I needed it I am not good, and I I needed God's grace to pour over me through Jesus Christ. Please, 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 do not take these elements if that's not where you are. Don't say to Jesus, I want to to take, this, this does not cover your sin from last week, so you can sin again next week. It doesn't work that way. Christianity does not work without obedience. It's rather saying, God, 
I submit myself completely to you. I'm not going to try to be good this week to make up for it last week. God, the only one that can make up for my sin is Jesus Christ and his blood. You see, when we don't remove the barriers between us and God, we become a barrier between others and God. When I say to Jesus, I don't really need your grace, other people look at us and go, well, that person's not authentic. Why would I want Jesus if he's not good enough for them? If they just hold this area of their life and say, you know what, you can have everything but this, Jesus, but I'm still going to not do this commandment. I'm still going to disobey you here. You're not authentic. And the world says, "That's, that's a barrier for me. I don't get it. Jesus says, you're... You're far from me. Justin Bieber said, it's darkness and it's self-destructive. This morning, would you say to Jesus, I want all of you. I want all of you. I know that I'm not going to be perfect like Justin Bieber's not going to be perfect. But I'm trusting you, Jesus, to forgive me when I stumble and to lead me not into temptation? Is that your heart today? If that's your heart, as our servers come forward, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you receive the gift of salvation through faith and repentance, and you've been baptized by immersion, you're welcome to join us. But please, if today you would say, you know what? I just can't receive this. I just can't walk away from my sin. Please just let the plates go by. And lead us in prayer as our servers begin to serve. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.